I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take you it. Gotta take you it. gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. Gotta break it, chains. Uh, you gotta break them chains. You gotta break them chains. Uh, you gotta break them chains. You gotta break them chains. You gotta break them. Uh, why are you already laughing? We just started. <laughs> we are back with um, my favorite, not my favorite, because um, you're just whatever to me, but everyone else's favorite guest of mine on my podcast, Real Talk with Nina um, for Sexually Speaking. How do you like that name? I love it. When you posted it for the first time on Instagram, I was like, no shit, that looked really cool. Like, we didn't even talk, not that we had to, I mean, it's your show, but we, you never even mentioned it. So when I saw it, I was like, I like that, that I like the way it sounds. I, I like it too. But I have to start because there's someone who listens to, he, he's my boss, right? My boss listens to every one of these. Oh. And he complained. About what? Me. Why? He said, I talk too much when we're talking. He wants to hear more of me? He wants more of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that seems to be a theme of my relationship. <laughs> is that <laughs> everyone wants to hear more from the girl than me. I, I'll be honest with you, Alex. I, it didn't. It never struck me like that. To me, it's like it's your show. I'm just here for like the back and forth. So well, he's I, not he's not coming for me. Is what happened. Okay. Well, hello to your boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, in efforts to make the people happy, because he may be the only one listening. So, <laughs> um, but with that said, yes, I'm going to try and let you finish your comments. Apparently, he doesn't think I'm as funny as I do. And uh, actually, down hard on you. Right, I may, I may actually be worse this time, just despite him. But whatever, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. I'll just sit here and not talk. Yeah, for sure. So I think we decided that this show is going to be um, somewhat in relation to, I guess you just kind of pointed it out, like an open marriage swingers porn um i don't know like what you would call this topic like is there a is there an overarching topic over those things um well porn is kind of like an outlier conversation um but i think i call them relationship agreements like when i coach clients um or even speak on any of these topics whether it's sexually or about communication or about parenting I just call them that every relationship has agreements. So there is no standard relationship. Right. And, and according to the social media, you may think you know what's going on in somebody's relationship, um, but you don't. And every relationship has different agreements. So that's what I call it, just relationship agreements. And what that looks like is different for everybody. 
Yeah. And one thing to make sure everyone can hear you, just try and talk up as much as you can, because I know you're not using a microphone. So what? I get a microphone. Yeah, we're going to get you on. All right. You can write um, it off. Bye. I can. So I'm just going to send one to you. But in the meantime, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Nina's making do how she can. <laughs> sorry, I'll talk louder. Thanks. So when you say relationship agreements, for me, and I think for a lot of people, that's tough, right? You hear um, that you're basically going to be having another relationship inside your relationship that's tough to kind of process. Um, I guess the, to start where, you know, what are some of the things you hear that, that lead to that? Um, so... A lot of it is boredom, um, and I think I mentioned this on our last our last uh, podcast. Was sexual monogamy is not biological for for humans, right. um, for most species. Actually, it's not. I think emotional, you know, connection is a biological, you know, need. But sexual, it's actually the complete opposite for humans. So, what happens is in long term relationships, whether you're married or not, it doesn't matter. Um, is you get bored it's monotonous you don't get that exciting you know passionate fun feeling and i think that becomes really boring and humans crave excitement and novelty and you know variation and monogamous relationships don't <laughs> don't breed those feelings right so you know you they come to me like okay look i love I love my partner and believe it or not, I actually hear a lot of it from women. So everyone always thinks like I said this all the time, I'm here to like debunk female sexuality myths, but everyone always thinks, Oh, it's probably the guy. No, not necessarily. I have women uh, that are like, we need to do something on board. Um, so a lot of it is in the beginning. It's a lot of question asking. You know, what, what is your sex life like now? Do you even know what turns you on? What turns you off? Because sometimes, and you probably, you'll probably agree, I think, on this one, Alex, is that when we get into like fantasy mindset, we think it's, everything is like so hot that we're thinking about. But in reality, we're, we're like not taking into consideration all of the stuff that could go wrong in reality. So right. you... You know, so it's like we get caught up in how hot something would be. And it's my, I look at it with coaching clients, it's my responsibility to kind of bring them back down to reality and ask the tough questions. You know, do you even watch porn together? If you're talking about going to a swingers club, have you ever watched porn together? Do you ever talk about people that you find attractive outside of the marriage? And if the answer is no, you need to start from like, you know, step one. Right. <laughs> because. Uh, you don't want to jump into a swingers club and realize that you have this jealous and insecurity vibe that you didn't expect because it, it can damage a relationship. It can. Well, first, I think, um, I think that, that idea to be done right has to come from a woman, right? Like in a relationship, I don't think a guy can be the one to say, oh, I, I think we need to bring other people into the relationship because a woman is the one that has to feel comfortable with that for it to happen. In addition, I feel like a lot of times when that does happen, like a threesome or something like that, 
Now, one, almost every threesome situation I've heard about is the girl explaining it to me, right? And so they are always talking about how big of a mistake they felt like uh, taking that on was. And I think that's, you know, those stories spreading around stops someone from who's truly bored, like you're saying, from maybe acting on what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. So uh, it doesn't necessarily always um, have to be the woman. It, it's more about who's going to bring up the conversation is right. really what it is. And so here's what it might look like. So I'm using obviously not real names, but real people that, that I work with. So um, there's a married couple. The marriage is fine. Like it's, you know, just, and the other thing is too, is there's fine. Like, How is it fine? If <laughs> you're wanting to bring other people into it, I find, you no, know, cause you're even saying it's, it, they're bored. That's not fine. Well, but I feel like just because you want to amp up your sex life doesn't mean that your marriage is bad. There's more to a marriage or a relationship True. than mediocre sex. You know what I mean? True. Uh, and I feel like it's kind of inevitable for most long-term relationships. So you either not not swinging. I mean that 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 boredom feeling. Unless you put in effort to do something, it doesn't necessarily have to be opening up a relationship. Um, right. But there's different things that you can do. And so when I work with people that are looking to really spice up their sex life because they do love their partner and they miss that excitement with their partner, um, it doesn't have to be bringing somebody else in. So for example, right. some I might talk about. Um, I mean, there's, there's like a spectrum of all of this. So it could be something like uh, going to a strip club together. Right. And are you able to watch your spouse get a lap dance from someone and not, you know, feel like you're going to vomit? I mean, like yeah. you should start there before jumping into swinging. Um, maybe you can just watch other couples and agree that, no, there's nothing physical going on with anybody else, just the two of us. But let's see in real life what it's like to watch other people have sex. It is not the same as watching porn in your bedroom. Yeah. So I think that you know, there's a lot of misconceptions and we think things are going to be so hot and then we get there and we're like, oh, this is so not what I thought. I think that's right. kind of a lot of things. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of different things on these topics, right? I've talked to some people who have gone to swingers clubs um, and they went to swingers clubs not to hook up with other people, but to just have sex in public. So yeah. I've heard that. Uh, I was out on a date the other night and someone and a guy who was there by himself was, was explaining to me how uh, him and his wife have a open relationship. It sounds like, um, but I couldn't tell if that's just cause he wanted to bang my date or if that was really the case, but maybe um, he was going to bite. I think he was, he was like testing the waters a little bit. It's possible. Um, so there was that. And then, um, and then, like I said, just the general things you hear about, you know, open relationships in my head, I'm always thinking, you know, someone like something traumatic must have happened and, and being just ridiculously bored in a relationship to where you don't want to be with that person anymore to me is also something that's traumatic, even though it's not a, a one time event. But in my mind, I'm always like something must have happened there to why all of a sudden this is what you want. But I guess you're saying that's not the case necessarily. Nope. Nope. So um, a lot of times swinger, swingers specifically actually 
uh, research has shown that their relationships are actually closer communication-wise um, simply because they have to. Yeah. You, I mean, you talk about vulnerable and like brutal honesty. And it's also not to say that if you're in the swinging lifestyle or an open relationship, there is no jealousy and insecurity. Of course, those are human emotions, but the level of communication that you have to have with your partner about that is really where things differ. Like, you know, a lot of people in traditional monogamous relationships are very uncomfortable talking about, you know, anything other than the two of them in a monogamous relationship. Right. It's not don't think of other things. But we're, you know, our sexuality and it, we're, we're kind of trained to be, um, to expect that once you're in a long-term relationship, your, your, an, the animal part of who we are shuts off. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's a, a destructive mentality, actually. I think it really hurts relationships, that expectation. It just, it's not, it's not realistic. So to that. It, you're torn, right? Because part of me is is exactly what you're saying is that, you know, it, you're just trained to, to think that. Um, well, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing though, because there is something in you as well that, that once you have someone in a relationship like that, you kind of take, you're like possessive over that. I think sure. you kind of take ownership and then like that, that's mine now. And that's why. So that, I feel like that feeling is also animalistic. Absolutely. And so I, that's why I'm always torn on this conversation is, is which way is the right way? Because the animalistic side of you isn't monogamous. I, especially for guys is less monogamous than for women. Um, Cause I think there's less emotion in them sometimes, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting that you're going to challenge me on everything I try and say for one side. <laughs> I just, it's, it's just because that's what, that's what we're taught is that males are the more sexual gender. I don't necessarily agree. Um, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying the uh, more sexual, I'm just saying less monogamous by nature. Oh, cause you like want to spread your seed everywhere. I, not me, guys. Well, I don't, not, not, not me. Right. So, um, yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, so there's that. And then the other side is obviously, you know, are you the animalistic side of monogamy and the, then the animalistic side of not? So it's it's a constant battle. Right. Well, and the thing is, too, is it it – really has all to do with the level that you're at in your relationship. So I have friends that are not in an open marriage at Mm -hmm. all, like as traditional as it comes. But when talking about something like this, I have a guy friend that was like, I've been with her for so long. We're best friends. I don't ever question her wanting a life partner and anybody else ever. And so if she was like, Hey, there's this really hot guy at work who wants to sleep with me. He's like, honestly, I'm, I'm not sure it would really, me i'd be like all right well be safe and you know right it has so it's so individual to that specific relationship and it's also specific to where you're at in your own life at the time so like you know um 10 years ago if i if my husband had came home i had come home and said oh this really hot girl's at the gym she was wearing this oh my gosh she's so hot i would have been like a knife in my stomach because i wasn't feeling good about myself right whereas now 
you know, if you were to tell me, I'd be like, oh my gosh, point her out, dude. You know, like if I see her at the gym next time, I'll take a picture and send it to you. Like, it's yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause I have, I have the ultimate confidence, right? I, I'm the ultimate bachelor is what everyone wants to tell me. I've called myself. The name is for shock value people. The name is for shock value. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the, there's, I have that, but I still don't want to hear about, or maybe I don't have ultimate confidence, but I think I think I have a lot in in myself, and I still don't want to necessarily hear about you know what turns you on about some other guy if we're dating again. Well, right, but I, there's two things to that. One, asking yourself, do you truly? Where does your confidence lie? You could be gorgeous, but you're still not sure what you bring to the table in a relationship. And so insecurities can come out that way. Um, and the other piece is depending on where you are at in the relationship. If you start dating somebody and six weeks into it, she's like, oh my gosh, this guy was so hot at the gym. Yeah, I wouldn't, that probably wouldn't feel so good. Um, so I think it's, you know, like everything else with being human, it's so, so individual and it changes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so in about yourself you know what i mean like you obviously are attractive you take care of yourself so that confidence can be very physical and if that's what you're focusing on and somebody says oh this other guy is hot now you're literally taking where most of your confidence lies and that's threatened you know whereas if for me i can say i know what i bring to the table and if my husband were to ever leave because of another woman she's got to really be bringing her a game <laughs> You know, and I don't, you know, it would be devastating, but I, I think that, um, sometimes we have to look further into what we're confident in ourselves about, if that makes sense. Well, the, the first thing that I would say is to that is that, I mean, I am confident in the way I look and it's not because I think I'm so attractive, but it's, it's what this person tells me about the way I look. Um, and I still think I don't want to hear about what they say about things that I'm even confident about. And obviously we're going down a different path, but, no, but what's that? Well, what does that mean to you? Like if somebody that you're dating were to be like, Oh, I saw this other guy. He was really hot. Like what feelings go through your head when that happens? What are you thinking? You said you don't like it. And I get that. Most people Do you don't. think he's hotter than me. No, just hot. Well, that's the yes, the thought that goes through my head. I think the same thing goes through a girl's head. You're, you're. Sure. I don't. I shouldn't have to tell you. Well, right, right, but and and so there's the next question is okay. There are going to be guys hotter than you. That shouldn't be a shock. I mean, what? Wait, what? What? <laughs> All right, let me use me, okay? Because um, I'm not the ultimate bachelorette, so I clearly don't have. Uh, the confidence that you do but <laughs> so for me it's like I know there are other women that are attract more attractive than me and thinner and smarter and richer and, and all this stuff so um I focus a lot on okay like looks are going to fade eventually so what else wait what <laughs> see I think we're getting to the root of where your confidence actually is which really explains why you don't like hearing that <laughs> No, I, I, I agree with you on all this stuff. I just don't know 
that someone who really wants their partner to be into them and may, and you know what, this may actually be something that plays into this, right? Because as someone who I've said several times, as someone who is always trying to um, work out for who has to look at me more than for myself, um, for someone who tries to stay on top of the way I look as far as dressing and, and, you know, grooming and hygiene and all those things. So maybe it's, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's because I work so hard at that stuff is why that's not what I want to hear you complimenting someone else on. Who are you working hard for? What? Who are you working hard for? In particular? No, no. (laughs) We won't call anybody out. I mean, I know it's me, but just generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think a big part of that is maybe you should start doing things for yourself. That way, regardless of who comes into your life and says, oh, so-and-so is hot, so-and-so's got a great body, you're in a place where you're like, just because other people are attractive doesn't take away from from yours. Like I could ha- I could look at 10 guys next to you, Alex, and think every single one of them are attractive and not one of them is going to be less attractive because one of the other 10 is attractive, if that makes sense. So it's- Sure. Finding attractiveness in somebody else doesn't take away your attractiveness. And so you talk about, you know, working out and doing all these things so that you look good for the person that you're with. Sure. And I think that you, there's a lot of truth to it. You're saying, well, maybe that's why it would drive me nuts is that I work so hard for this. And she's saying this guy at the gym is hot. Like, hey, what about me? Well, the, the hard truth about that is that when we depend a lot, uh, and we've talked about this before, and it's totally yeah. human, not yeah. that's not an Alex thing, that's the human thing. But when we depend, it's like if the, if the pendulum, pendulum swings too much one way, where we're depending so much so on outside affirmation that we're not secure without that, um, then you'll find yourself more insecure than, than not. And sure. it's, it's not to say though, Alex, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every, nobody should care if their partner thinks somebody's hot. 100%, 9.9 out of 10 people will have a knot in their stomach when their partner says something about somebody else. Right. How, how far that goes depends on the person. Um, but I think it's something that we need to kind of challenge ourselves. Like, you know, there are times that when you feel that way to maybe ask yourself, like, what is it about her thinking that guy's hot? What, what about him am I fearing is going to take her from me? And if it's just his looks, then you need to focus more on the, the women that you're looking at. You know what I mean? Wait, I don't understand how this the whole conversation turned to me being vulnerable and insecure and, and picking bad women. You know, like, it, this is not what we're talking about. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Oh, okay. Um, don't, don't try and counsel me. That, that's not what we're doing here. No, but so two things about that. One, I took that to the extreme, and I'm not trying to use it as a cop-out that I don't feel that way because I do feel that way. However, you did make a great point. I do have a lot of confidence in myself, and I always focus on that. I didn't want to interrupt you because my boss would get mad at me. But I do have a lot of confidence in myself to where I 100% agree that keeps it from kind of going over the top. 
right? Um, I did want to kind of play out the conversation to see what you would say. Um, but I do have a little bit of that feeling. I'm not going to act like if someone says, if I'm dating someone or maybe not even dating, like just talking to someone because I care about so much about the way I look and put work into that. And I'm not ashamed to say that, that it, you know, you, you want attention on you when you're doing that. And I don't think, I don't fully think that has to do with my confidence in myself. Like for instance, right? If you and if someone's talking to you and they're like, so-and-so has the best sex conversations I've ever heard. I've said they, they do the best sex workshops. They do all this, right? Like some of you is going to, I feel like some of you would be like, well, have you heard my <laughs> sex workshop? <laughs> right? A little or no? Well, I mean, I'm human, of course. Okay. But I think because I've, I practice, I always say I practice being human on a regular basis because it takes a lot of work to be. Which I agree. I think you do. In our conversations that we have off of here, you're very that way. Thanks. I, I think self-awareness Huge. vulnerability is huge and vulnerability is actually courage you can't be vulnerable without courage so people right. think vulnerability weakness is actually the complete opposite um, but I've worked a lot on sitting with uncomfortable feelings and figuring out why mm -hmm. so um, and I think that's important in, in a relationship too because I mean Lord knows there's a lot of ups and downs in a relationship and so I think it's important to when you're feeling something, I think our, our go-to is just be angry, but that's just easy. Had I just sat and said to myself, wow, like hearing that that girl was hot made me feel like X, Y, and Z, whether maybe I'm going through a time in my life where, you know, I, I gained a lot of weight or, or I'm not working out as much, or I found three gray hairs that morning. I mean, it could be anything that makes you feel a little bit more insecure that day. So yes, everybody, I, I, I will go on a limb and say everybody has insecurity. Right. And it's usually not easy to hear your partner talk about somebody else's looks. But I think it gets easier when you work on yourself, yes, physically, but more so uh, internally. True. Uh, and also your level of comfort, trust, and communication with your partner. Yep. Um, I want to get back to the conversation we were having, but this is one thing when you say working on yourself physically and internally and, you know, emotionally, mentally, all those things. I think that is something that's really important on how much those are linked together, right? The more you work on yourself physically, no matter what your result is, you just feel better about yourself, you know, uh, you know, externally. And the more you work on yourself mentally, you feel like you're smarter. So I feel like you're a little better emotionally. It's all a, a jumbled mess that, you know, I shouldn't say jumbled. It's actually a well-connected mess that, that helps you out. So um, that's one thing people should definitely do. What I want to get back to is what we were talking about with the open relationships and all that, because I think um, what I don't want to do is lose people who are like, Oh, I would never have an open relationship because I think the bigger theme theme that we're getting at here is, um, what some of the 
the communication that can happen in that type of thing and how that leads to, you know, just having a better, even monogamous type relationship. So we're talking about the extreme, but, um, but anyway, so, so I asked, you know, what are some of the things that you hear that lead up to that? Right. And you said, there's so many other things that can happen. You can go to strip club together, which I've done. Actually, we're not going to make this about me, but I've done that. And I do think there's, anecdotal experiences is, is if you feel comfortable is important to to share yeah. like you're saying you went with your a female friend to a, a strip club where yeah, my guys. girlfriend at the time like full girlfriend okay and actually i don't like strip clubs so it was it, we went a couple times but i don't know and i don't so i don't like lap dances too so it, it kind of got to a little uh a little short of what you're talking about but it might have been her idea but obviously shows how comfortable she was, at least with me watching someone up on stage. Right. So. Right. Well, I think it all, so, so like I always talk about that, my two biggest, I mean, I talk about all different vulnerable human stuff, but I mean, sexuality is like one of the most vulnerable. So I talk about that a lot, but the two things that I'm super passionate about is female pleasure. Yeah. Well, pleasure general but all of the you know female pleasure is just a little bit more difficult to understand sometimes and and that and long-term relationships how to spice that up so um there's like if you which is also that, female pleasure well, <laughs> so all you talk about is pleasuring females i gotta get a lot more guys to listen to this right so if you look at monogamy on a spectrum because that's really what it is um, you have like 100% monogamy, which um, actually very few couples thrive in 100%. When I say 100% monogamy, I don't just mean physically. So that means like not flirting with other people, not talking to other people, like being so into that one partner forever. And that's, there are actually a few couples that actually thrive in that scenario. And on the That sounds side, like a controlling boyfriend. That's <laughs> <laughs> what that sounds like. No. Or girlfriend. And then the other side, the 100% open marriages, there's a very small population that can thrive there because as we're talking about, it, it can be super difficult right. for a lot of men reasons. The rest of us kind of like exist in the middle and, and the middle is like never spoken about. And it's such a powerful place to focus on because there are so many things outside of both, you know, polar opposites that a lot of couples thrive in so even even smaller and less scary than strip clubs it could literally be like i always ask clients i said have you ever watched porn together or have you ever read erotica or written erotica for each other or i mean it doesn't have to be involving anyone else so uh, so stop there because i don't i don't technically know when i hear read erotica i'm thinking like a racy book right so when you say written erotica, that that could essentially be sexting in a way, right? Yeah, that, that would be a form. But like um, literally writing, like I've written a few short stories, like erotic short stories. And for your husband? For me. But yes, he, he's read them, yes. And it's it is an amazing way to not only express like fantasies, um, but when you have a partner read that, it's like, it was almost like when he was done reading it, 
he was like, what? Like, wow, like, where did that come from? I was like, but I encourage people to write stories. It doesn't have to be about your partner, just like a, an outsider writing a story about something super sexy. But yes, sexting is, is a type of erotic writing. Sure. And that's like more direct, you know, with right. your partner. So you're suggesting to some people, not necessarily to these listeners, that writing out just a story, just writing yeah. out a scene. So you, you tell that to your clients. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So other forms. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure we were clear one because I didn't understand that one, but hopefully that helps someone else that's listening as well. Well, if you didn't understand it, then chances are other people didn't either. So I'm glad you asked, but yeah, writing out, writing your own short, it could be a page. It could be a scene. Right. Minor, minor typically, you know, I don't know, like two or three, four, five pages. And it's just for fun. I don't do anything with it you know, um, but it actually makes for amazing foreplay uh, because you're definitely stimulating more of your mind versus just watching porn where the picture is just kind of being forced into your head and you're like only able to fantasize about what's actually happening with erotica. I rarely explain what the characters look like. Mm-hmm. Because what if I say he's got brown hair and brown eyes or something and the person reading is like, I don't really, that's not attractive. So I, I don't, it's up to you what they look like, you know? Right. And, you don't have forever today, so let's make sure that um, okay. we get to some of these other things too. Because you're saying watching porn together, right? I, I'm only saying that because I don't want you to think I'm cutting off the part of writing about erotica. I just want to get to the next part. You broke up there for a second. Oh, sorry. There's nothing else to say about the erotic writing part. Okay, you're good. Like, yeah, you're good. So watching porn together, what is your goal for telling them to do that or when they're doing that together, what, what are you hoping to incite? So a couple things. One, um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a type of foreplay, right? Cause right. For sure. um, but the other thing that's really cool is, um, I think porn and we can literally have a whole other, uh, segment on porn, just porn. Yeah. Uh, but for the sake of this one, it's also a way to explore what, what, what turns you on and maybe for your partner to pick up on that. You know, I mean, there are things that if we're watching something, if you and your partner are watching something and we both like afterwards, we talk about like, oh my gosh, that part was hot. Or did you see what, did you hear what he said that was so hot? Well, if I'm telling my partner that what I just saw was hot or what the guy said in the video was hot, my partner, an attentive partner, right. would be like, eh, all right, you know? So this comes up a lot when I have clients that talk about wanting to talk dirty and they don't know how. Yeah, um, for sure. A lot of women actually are like, but don't, know? but don't get your dirty talk from porn. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. No, so, but what, <laughs> how you can use is let's say here's here's another really common one with relationships about spicing it up is i speak to a lot of men who and women that want a little bit more of a a dominant feel in the bedroom not necessarily like full-blown you know bdsm but just a little like 
kind of wait, 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 stop there once again. Like all I'm I'm really in the grand scheme of what the spectrum is, I really am like a sexual prude. Like I like I love sex and I love the things I do, but in but out and this is me being vulnerable too, outside of uh doing each other a favor and intercourse <laughs> and you know pretty pretty general positions yeah. and maybe public places um and maybe some food incorporated <laughs> other than that yeah yeah no it, i love chocolate syrup it just on my ice cream and on my women um anyways not a, okay <laughs> um Outside of that, I really, I don't really know, because I don't understand it, right? And I think that's the whole point of us having these conversations is a lot of people don't understand what's outside of their wheelhouse, right? If this is the spectrum, you're either here, here, you few times have people that are like across the whole spectrum, right? So you just said you're not in, you know, people aren't into the full, what, what was that acronym? Uh, BDSM, so bondage, dominance, sadomasochism. Okay. The whips the, yeah, I get what it means, but I didn't know what it meant. I get yes. the meaning. <laughs> so um, it doesn't have to be to that length, but it can literally be, um, you know, I think a lot of men assume women don't want to be verbally degraded in the bedroom. And, and I think that depending on the relationship, there are women that actually really enjoy it. But again, it's all about consent. You should probably mm. find that out before you call her something in the bedroom. But um, so sometimes what I'll tell, like, let's say it's the, let's say my client is a female and says to me, you know, I just want my husband or my boyfriend to like, you know, treat me like this itself. You know, the, the, the degrading talk is, is big. So, and she's like, but I don't know how to tell him. Like, how do I say, hey, next time we're having sex, can you smack my ass and call me your little whore? Like, it's really hard to bring right. that, you know? But if you're watching porn together, and that comes up, which inevitably in porn it usually does. And Those little can, whores. What's that? Those little whores, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be careful. You might turn women on that are listening to this, Alex. I know, God. Um, I'm so but, good at this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, but that might be a much easier way after the scene is over to be like, that was really hot that he called her that. It was really hot. That way it's like, there's like porn is like almost like the middleman where it's not so awkward to bring it up. And I think you also, in the same theme comes up over and over again. So if anyone's listening to this now, the third sexually speaking and doesn't understand this, two, it's two themes that come up. It's one, and I'm speaking to men, obviously, like always. It's one, communication, right? The more communication you can have about... Um, what you want on both sides, opening up the lines of communication for that person to be able to tell you what they want and for you to be able to tell them. In addition to just watching, just pay attention to outside of what's you know pleasing you. Because I think to the point you just made, if you're watching porn and you can say that then, but you can also like bring up something that just happened. Like if you're, you finish having sex and you can do it the same way. It's like, hey, you said this, that was so hot. You could also like, don't be afraid to say more or something like that. And you can get there even quicker if you're not comfortable watching porn together or taking some of these other steps. Cause I don't, I, I can, I shouldn't say I'm not, I, I'd be fine watching porn. I don't know that watching porn turns me on that much to watch it with them. It would turn me on obviously just cause it's sex and I'm about to have sex with whoever right. I'm watching with, but I'd 
porn is kind of whatever to me. Just like the strip club, which probably plays into, I'd rather do something than I watch it. With that said, you know, there's a lot of people that you may be fine with it. They're not fine with it. And I think even that feedback in there, even though it's something they'd want, I think the whole act of the fact that we just watch porn together may take them out of that zone, right? Out of what zone? Like you're using it to like to turn like you watching it because it turns you on so much but your partner may not hate it but like maybe like me right like if someone told me what they just did in that porn was so hot like i wish you would do that like i'd kind of be like eh, I, but eh, i don't know if i want to be doing what they're doing in porn you know what i mean even though like it had she said it in a different context right so communication anyways yeah, yeah communication you're right because no not everybody uh enjoys watching porn actually porn watching for for women is on the rise uh i i think once again that may be one of those self-reported stats because i actually i mean i guess men don't probably tell everyone they watch porn but i i most times when i have a conversation about porn it's with a woman and and most times not with one that i'm sleeping with in fact, never, very few times with a woman that I was sleeping with. So it meant that they were even more open to sharing that than just your general person or than, your, than, in, a, than in a relationship. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think also the type of porn out there is changing. Yeah. So there's more female-centered porn now, um, which I always... Uh, recommend to my clients are certain sites that um, are definitely more female centered. What just, sites do you recommend Nina? So honestly, my top one is Belessa. So it's B E L L E S A dot C O Belessa.co. And it's. I've titled, only ever used Pornhub. Yeah. That's mainstream porn. Yeah. So Pornhub. But uh, I think there's just so many different categories on there. You're going to find what you're looking for. So Belessa is, um, and it's funny because they, they categorize it as feminist porn. And I think oh. sometimes people are turned off by that. Like what is like a man hating porn because people misunderstand actual what the word means, feminist. But it's not. There's rough in there. There's threesomes in there. There's girl on girl. There's guy on guy. It's all the, the traditional uh, categories. Right. But the approach is, is different. And it's... Um, so much more realistic as far as what actually would get a woman off. There's a lot of clit rubbing. There's a lot of oral. Um, it's not just a guy pounding a girl and her squirting across the screen. Like this isn't, you know, so it's just so much more realistic for a woman to watch that and go, all right, like now it makes sense. Like that's what it's supposed to look like. And so I, I do recommend that, that site a lot. I actually had a very long conversation with the CEO of that company because I reached out to her and I was like, I love what you're doing. They have erotica on the site. They have sex toys on the site, blog articles. It's a great site. I do want to point out that you said a guy pounding a girl and you made that very aggressive per your conversation that you said that everything having to do with a guy doing the work is so aggressive. I'd yeah. rather make you know, tone that down to a very sweet, sensual uh, word. Well, I think when I'm talking about porn, mainstream porn, it is a lot of like jackhammering 
Jeez. I know. <laughs> Come on. This is this is a family talk. <laughs> <laughs> um well about making a family talk at least. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah. that we have women go like, I'm so confused. I don't know what's wrong. Like I can't get off, you know, from penetration. Like it's and I'm like, what <laughs> most women can't. Yes. Right. Porn, most women think there's something wrong with them. And that's a good going, point. What's that? I said that's a good point. It drives me nuts. Like what? I keep trying, keep try, trying what? You know, you know, there's your 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 clit's not inside your vagina. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you know, porn so, for another time we could talk about porn because I I I'm a huge cheerleader for it, but I also am really clear on the the downside of it if you're not aware of how to you know watch it in a way that's effective for you and that's what i wanted to be careful with that's why um i interrupted you a couple times just because i do love the idea of coming together and watching it because i think it can be a great example i think um you, once again you have to communicate what we're doing this for like what are, like you know are we doing this are you totally comfortable with it and those questions are hard to ask ahead of time because you could ask someone, are they totally comfortable and they know you want to. So they're going to say yes, when it's, it's not going to do what you're wanting it to do if you're not really into it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you and have I, probably, you know, you probably have like eight more minutes, right? Um, yeah. It's like 10. Okay. So you said erotica, you said porn watching together. What else? Um, as far as like spicing up the relationship? Yeah. I mean, or you could go back to, you know, the open relationship conversations you have or how that's brought up or how that's executed. And cause I, I think this is a thing that not very many people want to try, but they don't really know the thought process behind it. Right. You know, and I, I equate it to like, um, you wouldn't build a house on sand you know what i mean you have to build foundation and it takes layers and layers and time and curing time and more cement and so i look at it as in a relationship if your goal is hey we both want to uh try swinging well as your coach i will adamantly stress that that is not your first step like let's let's go back and so um so some of the things to talk about, I just uh, spoke with someone recently about, um, it's also a little fun exercise that can go a bunch of different ways depending on a relationship, but going to a bar or a club together, mm -hmm. um, but allowing each other the space to flirt with other people and um, either have a time where you check back in, like, hey, we'll meet back at this place, you know, in the same part, don't ever leave. Right. But, you, know, you know, you left me back at, you know, at you know, whatever, 1030 at this, whatever. Um, and sometimes it's, you have almost that, that animal side that if you see your partner flirting with someone else and there's a safety involved knowing that you're aware of this, consent was given and you're almost able to watch them. And it kind of brings, it kind of almost tricks your brain into thinking that you don't, 
know them the way that you do in that current moment. So it kind of brings back that when you first started dating, that feeling of like, wow, he's hot or she's hot. And I like, it's almost like they just look different. I, I equate it to like, um, if you ever see a picture of your current partner before they met you with like another girlfriend or another boyfriend you had this feeling like oh my gosh they had a life before me like that's weird. that's weird so sometimes just seeing your partner in a different light triggers that that excitement novelty newness in your brain that will trigger all of those chemicals that are you know the the feel-good horny chemicals like the dopamine and the adrenaline and all this fun stuff merely by seeing them flirt or sometimes seeing them, you know, that knowing that they're desirable to, or being desired by other people almost heightens that sense of, all right, I got to, I got to keep my game up because I want, I want her to stay with me. Right. You know? And nothing physical has to happen. That's, you know, that's with your agreements, but even just allowing that break to watch and knowing that they're going to come back to you in 10 minutes, they're not going to sleep with anybody. They're not going to do anything. Um, can really just, do that, you know, that little spark. And then sometimes you just come home and, you know, the people I've spoken to are like, sometimes you'll, if, you, if, if you're in a swinging situation or anywhere along the open spectrum, when they come home, you know, it's like mind blowing sex because you're just, there's so many, you know, chemicals being. Yeah. Ridiculous. And emotions in there. Yeah. So I, I hundred percent believe in this. I don't think I've ever done this on purpose, but I do know times where I've been places and guys just who didn't care, um, were flirting or hitting on who I was with. And I can think, I know what I do. This happens several times, but what I do is I'll kind of like turn my back and just let them talk. And she'll be like, why didn't you save me there? And I don't know. It was kind of cool. It was kind of funny. I wanted to see what he'd say, but I think, you know, subconsciously, it's, it is a little bit of that. Right. And I think sometimes that happens, um, without plan and with, without even what I'm talking about in the subconscious set where they just end up flirting or seem like they're connecting over some conversation and you get jealous. And I think everyone knows, you know, what type of feelings come up when you get jealous, um, in a situation like that. It's like, well, you, you sat over there and you were talking to her forever. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we were talking about work stuff. And it's like, well, I, you know, you could have talked to me. You just left me over here by myself. And, and I, you know, I think what it is is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I think it plays into that primal. And the thing is, too, is especially if let's, let's use a guy-girl thing. So let's say if you're the guy. Well, I mean, you are a guy. But let's say you're the guy in the situation. And your girlfriend. I, well, I'd be the guy in any situation, but whatever. <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> Good. That's true, Alex. That's unless, true. unless you want to be the guy in this situation, you, you be the guy. You're right. I'm off. I'm off. You be the guy. <laughs> I probably would be the best guy ever. Well, I don't know. I'm a pretty good guy. Okay, um, so if you're with your girlfriend or your date or whatever, and you see other men finding her desirable, there's something to be said from like a power control angle, like eh, they want her, but I know who she's coming home with. It's a very like rawr kind of like, right. if, if women tell me that they find my husband attractive, it, it absolutely makes me even more like, okay, can't wait till he gets home. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. it's, you know, 
I know who he's coming home to. And I think sometimes even with the flirting aspect, you know, whereas if men are flirting with your girlfriend and you have these men that are, you know, want your girlfriend that are like waiting for you guys to break up, you know, yeah. like, oh, and you being her boyfriend, knowing that she's, she wants you, it's, it's a powerful feeling that could totally evoke like mega sexual vibes. I right. think. Yeah, for sure. What, what, it, anything else along those lines? You said go to a bar and do that. There's so many. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, we don't have I, enough time for all of them, yeah. but we have like a whole segment on like sexting and porn. But I think sexting is huge. But there are rules um, that I stress big time because I've had friends and clients come to me with horror stories. You know, like of sexting in a relationship or yeah. just in general. I mean, even if you're even if you're if you're single and you're sexting with other single people, then yeah, yeah any you know any whatever. Um, but it's there are definitely rules uh, to make sure that you don't end up on the internet or that you don't you know, especially with images, that's a big one. People make mm. a lot of a lot of mistakes, you know. Um, but yeah, sexting and um, yeah, I mean those. Those are big ones, but I think depending on who I'm coaching and where their relationship is at, uh, it's, you know, I give them all different suggestions that go far beyond, you know, what, what I've listed here, but. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, we can definitely dive into that on another one. Cause I, just you bringing up those, I feel like I have a lot to say on both of those, um, sexting, and porn, yeah, like I said, I don't really get into porn a ton. I maybe did before more when I was more single, but not so much now, I don't think. Yeah. So, hmm. I think, I think a lot of times porn is used a lot for masturbation versus... Right. Uh, um, but still, there are a lot of couples that watch it together. But I think, especially for men, a lot, not all, but a lot are totally okay getting turned on by the situation they're in. Like, they don't need... To, to watch it they're like well you're right here like why aren't we doing something like i have the real thing why are we gonna watch it you know sure uh, you're a you're a believer of masturbating firmly i mean a f firm believer in masturbation i mean or masturbating firmly if that's right right whichever i've been waiting this whole call to use that one so <laughs> no but you you are like you i mean i made the joke on what i posted on instagram but you real quick because I know you only have a couple minutes like do you feel like what do you feel like about masturbation in a relationship do you feel like that takes away from the relationship because I, yeah. I get because to the point I think some people kind of take offense like if you're having sex um uh you know pr fairly often and the other person's masturbating it's like well what are your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> a lot. No. Um, no, has nothing to do with your partner. Masturbation has nothing to do with your partner. Sure. Like, um, it has something to do with your partner if you're not getting satisfied. You know, like I speak to um, a few men right now who their female partners are going through a, a difficult phase in life where they're not interested in sex at all, which is not uncommon. I mean, sex drives are like all over the place throughout a relationship, but. Um, and yeah, I, I would assume that in that case, because they're not getting it with their partner and they don't want to 
you know, be unfaithful, they would masturbate. So I guess indirectly, yes, it has to do with your partner. But um, it, it's such an individual thing. I, people look at it, same with porn watching. I have people that are like furious with their partners for watching porn. Yeah. Like, like it takes away, like, well, I'm right here. Why do you need porn? Right. Because humans like to fantasize. We like difference, you know? Um, I actually had two female friends that told me that we've had these talks about porn and, and they said, Nina, after your, I did a talk, I think a while ago on my page about this exact thing, about porn and about hiding masturbation from your partner. Uh, and that video about hiding masturbation has the highest views right now on my YouTube channel mm. out, of, out of the, whatever, has that specific video. Yeah. Cause everyone can relate to that. I think not everyone, but most people can. Is it, yeah. have you seen 40 year old virgin? Is it true? If you don't use it, you lose it. No, I'm joking. Anyways, but so you, your video on masturbation, hiding it, is yeah. is highly viewed. Why do you think people relation relate to that so much? I mean, there's there's the common sense of that, but what are your thoughts? Well, I think um, it's. I mean, there's a the logistics of it where if I I work from home, so if I'm in the mood right now why, why do I have to, why do I have to wait until tonight? Like why mm -hmm. I have, that is a right. That is a human right. I think sexual pleasure, especially self pleasure is a human right. It is not a privilege. You have the right to right. experience pleasure for yourself. You can do whatever you want. Right. Um, but so sometimes if the timing is off, you might not physically be able to, Right. you know, and the other thing is there's, there's times where you want to be intimate with your partner and experience that specific feeling. And there are times where you want to go totally someplace else into this like wild fantasy land that's completely separate, has right. nothing to do with your relationship. It's just everyone looks at sexuality as such a like a, a mutual thing. And it's not. It's an individual thing. So to tell someone they can't masturbate or it hurts their feelings if you masturbate, it's like telling someone, yeah, I know you have an itch on your back, but if you itch it yourself, I'm going to feel like, well, why did you ask me? Well, right. you were at home or I could have done it myself. It's easy. So I feel like getting mad at somebody for doing something that's so normal and natural and human is it's going to drive a wedge in your relationship. I mean, I have guys that hide and do it. It's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. Well, I think, I think for a guy though, it, it technically can get in the way of your sex relationship, right? So if you're using porn to fantasize and then you're masturbating because guys, I mean, just physically sometimes can't have sex, you know, for a while after they masturbate or they totally lose that drive after they do, maybe for the whole night, right? Um, if you do that instead of having sex with your partner and she wants to have sex, I mean, then you literally are replacing, you know, sex with your partner with, with yourself. Well, I think that's, again, where communication comes in. So if yeah. your female partner is, like, really in the mood and it's, like, dropping signs, you know, like, let's do this, to be like, I, tonight's all about you, baby, because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't wait. Sure. Earlier, um, you tell me what you want, and it's yours, whether he uses a dildo or whether, not on him, but on her, yeah. or, you know, if there's something that can get him, if he's able to get hard. I mean, most men have a, a you know, men have a refractory period where they, they it's hard to get it up afterwards. Right. But, you know, 
most men, I would say, like if they do it in the morning, they should be okay by nighttime. Sure. Um, but yeah, just being honest, hey, I was really horny today and I got off and I feel terrible because I know you want it right now. What can I do for you? Sure. That's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. It seems. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Can it affect for men? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I don't think it's a, a bad thing. I think it's just you're you're human you were turned on you got off you're allowed to and if it affects sex with your partner that night then oops yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah for sure the, the women is there's other things you can do yeah we're definitely going to talk about all those things again sexting masturbation if you have a lot more to say on that yeah 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 i gotta um and i'm just trying to help you stay responsible because you got mad at me you said if i'm not out by this time I- so you're good right now. So we're going to end it. Perfect. Any last thoughts? Uh, no, not just, I just, I love the dynamics here, Alex. And um, I, I really enjoy talking about this stuff and it's nice. I'm so used to speaking like a monologue. So it's right. really nice, really nice having uh, another side to it. You hear that people? She wants me to talk too. <laughs> I'll leave on that. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye, Alex. Bye.